Um, it's just really, I want to thank Sheldon and the eldership for, for asking me to speak this, this morning. Um, and I've just been listening. I mentioned I thought, well, I don't want anybody more to come up and share any more prophetic words because it's the whole message. Um, I'm having a bit of a panic attack in the second row. Um, but as we've been, been worshipping, guys, have you felt a momentum over the past few weeks? Yeah. Now, in June of 2018, a prophetic word was released that God was giving this church an 18-month window that he was taking us through a season of preparation. And I want to tell you that that 18-month window came to an end on the 28th of January. We are walking in uncharted waters. And we're grasping and walking into what God has prepared for us. And a few months ago, I had a dream. Uh, lesser known, I have a dream seat. Um, but I had a dream of... Um, <laughs> Of us worshipping, and I was playing over there, on, and Nathan was leading, and I was playing, and the two of us were leading together, and as the Spirit of God came, he said, just pull back. And I'm, some of you know, I'm a very, like, I really get into the warfare, and I really get into the worship, and I just thought, let's just pull back. That's Selah, it's mentioned in Psalms. And as I pulled back, I began to feel myself get hotter and hotter and hotter. And I opened my eyes, and to the right of me, where those drums are, there was a fire that had begun to burn. And this thing began to rage on the stage next to us. And as we worshipped, the fear of God came upon us as a church. And through the flames, the Lion of Judah walked out. Now, I want to say this to you this morning. In 2020, the Lion of Judah is roaring over us. He's calling us to war. He has sent a battalion of his angelic hosts. It says in Scripture, I think it's over 400 times, he's mentioned as the Lord of hosts. The God of armies is in our midst. And Elana had that word this morning about the white horse. And I just wanted to fall flat on my face. When the angelic hosts are here, you don't read about, hey, I'm hanging out with an angel this morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's just, it's, it's lying flat on your face because of the fear of God that's coming upon us. God is raising us up to be lion hearts. Now, I want to say this. I want to read this. I'll just, I've got, it's a song that's been in my mind the whole morning. Can you turn away and from this battle flee? Can you forsake your sense of destiny and try and settle for an easy life? Forget the enemy you're supposed to fight. Well, your sword is dull where once it flashed like fire to overcome no longer your desire. Can you betray your sense of victory and turn your back on it so easily? This battle is hard. You want to give in. Carrying scars, feeling the pain. But the champion never retreats. Lion heart, hold on to your dream. And let his spirit sustain you in your darkest hour. Let his strength that surrounds you give you power. A champion never retreats. Lion heart. And I'm calling it out of you today, church. Lion hearts, hold on to the dream. And as I've been, while I'm speaking... There are people here this morning, and you say, Joe, I'm tired. 
Your people you're here this morning and you're saying, I'm burning, Joe. Our marriage is burning. If we have another year like we had in 2019, we're not going to make it through 2020. I've fought depression for years. It's like this long, dark tunnel in front of me. And every time I think that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, it's a mirage. The banks won't give me any more money. My children are running riot. And there's almost this thing, even while I'm speaking, I'm saying Limeheart, and you're thinking, nah, I'm barely surviving. I'm only breathing to survive at the moment. And I'm going to do... I'm going to do things a little different, Sheldon. I hope you don't mind. I'm going to ask you to stand. Because there are businesses here that are in trouble. There are lives that are in trouble. You see, we come to church and you guys look good. I've got full view. You guys look good. And we've got amazing masks that we put on our faces. And on a Sunday we worship. And Monday the anxiety hits us again. Now if that's you this morning, I want you to raise your hands. It's just raise our hands right now. If that is you, come Holy Spirit. Mm. Father, right now I place myself under the covering of this eldership. As a woman within this church, I place myself under their covering. And I lift everybody to you here who is standing right now in Jesus' name. Hands that are lifted. I lift them to you right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, we draw a line of the blood of Jesus today. Yeah. And where the enemy has run riot in lives, and he's used Amen. lives like a playground, and run riot and brought division in marriages, brought dissolution, brought um, singleness, loneliness, despair, grief, sorrow. Our Father, we draw a line in the name of Jesus, and we say, devil, this far and no further. In Jesus' name, we release the life of Christ into marriages today. We release the life of Christ into finances today. We release the life of Christ, Father, into every child that is represented by parents here today, Lord. In Jesus' name. There's a, there's a person here, Father, that you've got a family member by the name of Andre, and I believe the Lord is saying that he's calling you to fast and pray for the life of Andre. You've seen this young man, you've seen him grow up, and you've, you've, there have been times when you've, you've held on to God and you said, God, there's a call of God on this child's life. And you're seeing decisions that he's making, you're seeing the paths that he's walking down, and there needs to be a determination and a tenacious spirit in you that as you pray and you prophesy over this child's life, you release the life of Christ into him. You release the destiny that God has called this child to. There's single parents here this morning, mothers. And you say, God, I can't anymore. I can't fight this battle anymore. I'm tired. And I'm saying, and I believe God is saying to you this morning, I am your husband. I am your bridegroom. And I'm drawing you to myself. Those children of yours, they belong to me. We call it out right now in Jesus' name. Father, our desire is to see your kingdom come and your will be done. Father, release your fire this morning in Jesus' name. Release the lion of Judah to roar over us this morning. Let's raise a shout of praise.
just want to say this to you. God's bringing multiplication to your business. Okay? What you thought was a lot of kids in the past, God's going to multiply that number. Make preparation for the changes. Okay? And the van, God is providing a brand new, spanking new van to you that will transport those children. The anxiety that you're carrying, Tino, God is saying, I'm taking you into more. Natasha, the conflict that you have faced and the accusations you have faced, God is nullifying that in the spirit today. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, excited. <laughs> you know, when I think about this 18-month window, I, this, during the meeting, I, I, my mind's been a whole mishmash of things during the worship. But the Lord reminded me of Exodus 33, where it, it describes how Moses would go into the tent of meeting. Joshua, his aide, would go with him. And then it speaks later about Moses meeting with God face to face. This Moses was a lion heart. A reluctant one at first, but he was a lion heart. And Moses said to him, God, do not send us up from here unless your presence goes with us. And that's the beat of my heart at the moment. God, let us not make decisions that are good ideas in the months ahead. Let us not run the race and think, okay, should I, shouldn't I? Let us run the race looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. It, it becomes such a boldness and a tena- that tenacious spirit that you're yeah. not going to let go. Yeah. You're not going to back off. Uh-huh. You're not going to back down. But the kingdom is forcefully advancing. Yeah. That requires a change of personality mm. for those who would much rather the phlegmatics and say, let's just watch it happen. <laughs> God say, forcefully yeah. advancing. God is releasing us. You know, Joshua, I, I love Joshua and I... I when I was a little girl, I was baptized at the age of seven, and a lady came to me and she said, the, the, the text over your life is Joshua 1 verse 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, for I am with you wherever you go. Yeah. And I've always loved Joshua. I was so glad when Sheldon announced that we're going to be studying Joshua this year. For me, Joshua looks a lot like Mel Gibson in Braveheart. (laughs) And Caleb looks a lot like Kenny Rogers. I've got that whole thing going on there. And and Joshua, he was this young man that was appointed to go and spy out the land. Came back and had to walk through the desert for 40 years holding on to the dream. And he didn't know that he was going to be appointed as the leader of Israel. But he stuck close to Moses. He wasn't a leader, he was a servant. Okay? He was Moses' servant. Whatever Moses needed, he went and did for him. Then it says that the cloud of glory would descend and Moses and Joshua would go into the tent of meeting. Every Israelite would come and stand at at the entrance to their tent with their wife and their children and they would watch until Moses and Joshua had gone into the tent of meeting. And then Moses would leave, and it says Joshua would stay behind. And there's something that is so deep, it stirs in me, that passion that he he knew the presence of God. Caleb had a different spirit. Moses was a friend of God. Joshua could be found in the tent of meeting. Lion hearts, all three of those men that were mentioned. And so that needs to be the passion in our heart. And I just want to read, sorry, I've only got to hold this. We don't have the display. 
So I'm just going to read this to you. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I'm talking fast because we're out of time. I will give you every place where you'll set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I saw to the ancestors to give them. There's the promise, right? Verse 7, be strong and very courageous. Now, the conditions, be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law, the word, always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And so Moses, Moses, Joshua, speaks this word and he, he follows to the letter of the law, everything God, all the instructions that God gives him. Chapter 3, verse 1 says, Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant with the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the Ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priest, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. So they took it up. The word was spoken. The first thing that God requires of us as lion hearts is obedience. I want to say this, church. It says, well, let me just say this. Isaiah 119 says, if you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Obedience calls us out of comfort. You can be comfortable... And you can be courageous, but you can't be both. Can I say that again? You can be comfortable, or you can be courageous, but you can't be both. When God instructs you, must remember a lot of the Israelites were born in the desert. They hadn't seen the Red Sea being opened up. Now they're told to go and stand in front of the Jordan River. They can see giants on the other side and a huge Jericho. Thank you, John, for that word this morning. I was praying that you didn't carry on. Just say, but then I have a word. But he sends he sends them out. The priests. Now, the, the Ark of the Covenant was the literal presence of God. The Levitical priests. We see them again in the Tabernacle of David, where they are appointed to minister before the Lord twenty four seven. Okay. In the New Testament, it says, you are a royal priesthood. 1 Peter 2 verse 9. And so God gives very clear instructions to the people of Israel, and it defies reason. To walk around the walls of Jericho for six days in silence defies reason. God says, raise a big shout. 
There was a supernatural move of God last week when we clapped, I think it was about eight or ten minutes. It just kept going and kept going. We were in sync with the with the beat of heaven last Sunday morning. And there's more of that to come. There's more of the miraculous that God is releasing. Because when we operate in that pure obedience with one heart and one mind, we're actually stepping in and we see the release of the miraculous. We read in Acts 16 of Paul and Silas. They've been beaten. It's not happened to any of us. Been beaten for the sake of the call. They've been put into stocks and they're in the dungeon. At midnight, I would be howling my eyes out. And I know how to give that with 100% effort. Children knows that. But they're in the dungeon singing the high praises of God that all the other prisoners could hear what was going on. And through that, it raised their expectation. It raised their faith. And God released the miraculous with an earthquake. And the salvation of the warden and his family. And so God's going to be doing those things in the life of this church. Church, I want to say this. One strategy that God has given to us as a church is first fruits. It's not Sheldon's thing. Okay? It isn't something that was birthed with 20, burned 24-7 and now, now we're going to have to carry on because Sheldon likes that stuff. That isn't the case at all. Last Saturday morning, I saw the glory of God come. And it wasn't through us doing what we do on a Sunday. This was people coming into the presence of God, having communion, sitting. What was that word that you used earlier? Tarrying. The disciples in in the upper room, they tarried. And the, and the glory of God was poured out. The Spirit of God as was promised. God has spoken huge promises over the life of this church. And as we tarry, as we wait, His glory will be revealed right here. It's coming. Do you believe it, church? I mean, I need something from you. Really. Because there's something stirring in my heart. There, there's, there's not a huge... Because Sozo is running full steam. Um... I'm not going to say Isaiah. See a cooler, not Isaiah. God is bringing multiplication to that ministry. God is working in our lives. Worship. Our teams are bursting. It's just praise. Like God wants to reveal His glory. He sends fire from on high. He releases fire upon us. And what He requires, together with our obedience, the second, the hallmark of another of a, of a lion heart, is unity. Where there is unity, God commands his blessing and his life forevermore. That's Psalm 133. It requires that we have one heart and we run the race shoulder to shoulder. Amen. Nathan. Dude. Just bring David, guys. Yeah. <laughs> right. Sorry, uh, I need to uh, talk to you about Tracy. Yeah. Okay. What? Is there a problem? Well, you know, she's always talking, Joe. <laughs> like, always talking. We've got, we got a golden thread. Yeah. And it's my, it's my turn to talk. You know, God's given me something. Seriously. And, and then from the side, like, offside, from the side, <laughs> Tracy's just talking all the time. And that can be a bit of a pain, eh? Because I actually, yeah. 
Tracy gets under my fine last moon. Seriously, and she talks and talks. And I think like the other musicians in the church, you know what the whole problem is? She's Sheldon's favourite. Absolutely. Amen. Seriously, that's what it comes down to. It's like my father. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this is not the truth. (laughs) We are role playing. Oh. oh. But can you Show you, you want to see what happens? Yeah, just her about, Tracy. Yeah, yeah, she comes. She, 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 From the side. From the side. From the side. Hi, Trace. Hey, Trace. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Yeah, no, I'm good. Good week? Yeah. Yeah, no, good. Hey, Trace. How's it, man? Yeah. Nice to see you. Okay, cheers, eh? Yeah, that one's a good girl. Okay. You see what happened there? Yeah. That's called an alliance. Yeah. Come on. Bible's very clear. Speaks about gossip, slander, <clears throat> discord, sowing seeds of discontent. Matthew 5 says, you know that there's something in your heart or some your brother has something against you, and you're presenting your gift at the altar. Leave your gift at the altar and go be reconciled with your brother. So what happens, I came into church looking, I was absolutely fine. Okay? Nathan comes up sowing a little seed. This is totally really just just role play. Okay? He's sowing a little seed of discontent. So what happens to me? My vision's impaired. Straight away. Then, Sheldon, not Sheldon, Nathan speaks and I go, I enter into an agreement with him. And so every time I see Tracy, I don't see her like that. Not only do I see her with impaired vision, but there's something right across my way. I've taken on Nathan's offense. So let me tell you, in the next meeting of Golden Thread, when Tracy starts to speak and God gives her something of direction, I'm sitting there, Nathan looks at me, we both went like, (laughs) Sheldon's favorite. Here she goes again. And then what happens also is that I then say to, to Nathan, well, you know what, she's Sheldon's favorite. So, I didn't put the little line on you. I think I did. No, I did. Okay? So, it's, what happens is it impairs his vision. And so, these little pockets of discontent grow like a cancer. Brilliant. Instead of there being unity where God commands blessing and life forevermore. If we're taking Jericho, we cannot believe, we cannot be, behave like we're taking AI. God is spoken very clearly, and so we follow the words that God speaks as the prophets speak, as the apostolic and the prophetic work together. We see God's will being released over this church. So it's one man standing shoulder to shoulder. In Joshua 3, verse 5, it says, Consecrate yourselves. Now, this morning, the words that were being released oh Lord, this revival is a revival of holiness. What precedes revival? Prayer. And repentance. Consecrate yourselves today, for tomorrow God will do great things amongst you. Basically, church, God will do great things amongst you. And so he requires consecration. I want to read this um, 
2 Timothy 2. You guys with me? Okay, it's very dark in here. 2 Timothy 2, verse 20. It says, In a large house there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wooden clay. Some are for special purposes and some for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter, which would be the ignoble purposes, will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. Verse 22, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, the things that Lana was calling out this morning, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. In Titus 2, it says, For the grace of God, verse 11, has appeared bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Church, to whom much is given, much is required. And so it stands to reason, to whom more is given, more is required. And you have been faithful in little... And God is now entrusting more to us as a church. May we be vessels of honor. Useful to the master and prepared to do any good work. If our our attitude is haphazard, our experience will be frivolous. Let me say that again. If our attitude is haphazard, our our experience will be frivolous. God is restoring to us the fear of God. So that we don't hold the things of God lightly. That we know what God has called us to. So Nathan, come back, please. Again, just role playing. God has called us. So much attitude. (laughs) So God has called us to run the race with perseverance. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Okay? So already Nathan. So sorry, dude. Okay, but he has sown seeds of discontent and built alliances. Okay, so there's unforgiveness, resentment, bitterness. I bought these really cheap glasses, by the way. Rejection, loneliness, pride, fear, lies. Take it, do this baby. Lies. It's not supposed to be funny. Okay, Okay. we're going to keep going. Okay, guys? Gossip. Anger. Big one. Anger. Sexual impurity. Pornography. Flirtation. Office flirtation. Sin, guys. So he just keeps lying at work, goes home at night, plays a different game. Innocence. Now, Nathan. Down the stairs. Oh my God. Okay. Now run the race with perseverance. 
1 John 1 verse 9, if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yeah. 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 A different spirit is required. Kenny Rogers and Mel Gibson. Okay, so these guys, they're appointed as spies together with 10 other men. 10 other men who are filled with disbelief, unbelief. Looking, they've, they've been in the desert for a few days. Their eyes are caked with sand. And there's just total, just a lack of faith in their hearts when it comes to total, total unbelief in their lives and in their hearts that God has actually promised them to this, that promised the land to them. And you never read of Caleb and Joshua sowing seeds of discontent. You never hear of them sitting around the campfire murmuring about Moses' leadership, saying, you know what, if we'd just been bold enough, the three of us could have just done it with God together. These guys had a different spirit, a tenacious spirit, so that when the sand of the desert was taking their eyes, they thought, I've seen this before. I've seen where God is taking us. There's a land that flows with milk and honey. There are grapes that are so big that you have to carry them on poles. There's a land of abundance. Guys, there are people here God has promised over you. There have been words that have been promised over you, spoken over you by prophetic voices. And because of time, because of life, because of disappointments, because of unforgiveness, because of resentments, you've put those things on the shelf and you thought, it's never going to happen. And today I'm calling you out. I'm calling out the lion hearts. I'm calling out the older generation. Who like Caleb will say, you know what, I'm 80 level. Give me this hill country. They're giants in the land. I don't have a settler's heart. I'm a pioneer. Give me this land. That's a different spirit. Moses spoke of it in Numbers 14 verse 20 to 24, they held on to the dream. They were lion hearts that ran with a passion, with their eyes fixed firmly on the prize. And God is releasing the promised land to Bay City Church. And I want to say this, that you may have cried for a night, but joy comes in the morning. He's releasing joy to this congregation. If you thought you'd seen joy in our praise, you ain't seen nothing yet. There's more coming. He's releasing joy in your home. Basically, church, I believe that God is releasing seasons in this church of 40-day cycles. She had it up a second. 40-day cycles in the life of this church. You're in your 21-day fast. 
And the day after the fast, you start the first cycle where you begin crying out to God, calling out to Him. Everything that you've been doing in these 21 days, calling out to God. I believe that God is saying now, from the first day of that 40-day cycle, I want you to begin praising and thanking me for them. In this 21 days of prayer and fasting, write down the promises that have been spoken over your life. Write down the dreams and the longings of your heart that God has put according to His will. Write them down. Make them plain so that you can see them on a daily basis. As you get up in the morning, you see the vision that has been written before you. And from the first day of the first 40-day cycle, I believe God is saying that He wants you to begin praising Him. And I believe that as you do that, every single day, going before God and saying, God, thank you for the husband that you've promised to me. Thank you, Father, for the car you've promised to me. Thank you, Father, for the abundance in my marriage that you've promised to me. Thank you, Father, for hope and vision instead of depression. Instead of of wandering and batting around in the darkness, thank you that you're bringing light to the darkness. Thank you that you're bringing life where there's death in Jesus' name. But I believe that as you do that, you will step into wholeness. That God is, and a a determination, that tenacious spirit that says, God, I will not let you go until you bless me. I will not let you go until I see your hand being released in my life. I will not let you go until I see my marriage being restored. I will not let you go until I see my children saved and serving you. That's what a tenacious spirit is. It says, I will not back down. I will not back off. Church, that's what God is calling us to. And I I really, Sheldon, thank you for this. But I just feel that there are more 40-day cycles that God is going to bring revelation to us as a church. That as we're praying and prophesying, it says that Israel walked around the walls of Jericho day after day after day in obedience. It defied reason. It's crazy. And defies absolute reason to say that we're going to walk around the walls. Well, church, I'm saying to you, in the 40-day cycles, start walking the land. Start walking the streets of Musenburg. Start walking on this land and saying, God has promised us a facility that will facilitate the nations coming to us. Walk the land and declare it. Physically. Go into your home and where your children There's a defiance in your home. There's an upending of authority in your home. Go and anoint the lintels and the the lampposts, not the lampposts, the lintels of your home and the doorposts with oil. Speak and prophesy over their pillows. Exactly. You draw a line Mm. of the blood of Jesus. Mm. But it requires that we say, like an 80-year-old, give me that hill country. Lord, give me my child. Give me the, the, what you've promised. Give me the blessing for my business yeah. that you've prophesied over my life. Amen. Tino, this is your year. Yeah. Come on. Mm. And Tiana, where is Tiana? She out of the back. There you are. And Michelle. There's just the three of you. Just There's a sound of war that's being released in this church. And God is calling out new ministries. And there is, there's, there are going to be moments, Tiana and Michelle, where this power of God comes upon you and there's a dance of war that God is releasing yes, into on. the life of this church. Yes. <laughs> yes. Come on. Prepare. Come on. 
Both of you. Because I've seen Tiana up here, and I've seen her at first fruits, and as she worships, there's something that breaks in the heavenlies. There's something that's, as the two of you dance, there's going to be a breaking through over people's lives. There's such a passion in me. There really is such a passion that as we worship on a Sunday, people run in at the doors from Freycourt, from Capricorn, and say, what must I do to be saved? Gangsters being released into this church. In my heart, I just think, come on, come on. Gangsters being released into this church. They're right here, guys. They're right here in our 40-day cycles. Call them in. Don't be scared. Call them in. Yeah, come on. Hey, <laughs> I feel like doing a little dance of joy, but you won't appreciate it. You really won't. <laughs> oh, yeah. God has called us to be pioneers. The settler spirit says, but we haven't done it this way before. <laughs> this isn't the way we do church. We're a little community church. See, when we, when we rename the church from community church to city church, There was an ignition that set about bringing the mandate and call of God over our lives, over this church. So we're a city church. And the nations shall come to our rest. It was amazing, a few weeks ago during the meeting, um, I think it was a lady who came and she was American, and then there was a Brit, and I just thought, we're hearing the sound of the nations. The sound of the nations coming to us. The Reubenites, the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh, they saw the promised land. In fact, they even crossed the Jordan, the men, to fight for Jericho. And then they said, you know what? We've got a lot of livestock. Got a lot of abundance. We would prefer to go to the east of the Jordan, if you guys don't mind. They saw Jericho only. They didn't see to the Mediterranean, to the Euphrates, to Lebanon. So if we could just, we're going to go back to the east side of the Jordan. And maybe you guys can just, just give us, we want to pen our livestock. And we're quite happy to do that. That's what a settler mentality is. We'll go with you. But ultimately, it's my life. So... I'll go, but it is kind of conditional because please understand, I've seen the promises, but I'm quite content just to stay where I am. That's the opposite of a different spirit. And what happens is that because of our livelihood, we might fight some battles, but ultimately we forfeit the fullness of the inheritance that God is for us. Blessed are those whose strength is in Him, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Barker, which is a place of, of tears, they make it a place of springs. They go from glory to glory until each appears before God. Okay, my battery has run flat. Need some power aid or something just to... So church, uh, what is the time? What time must I finish? Sorry, glad that was on the recording. All right, so lions carry scars. They feel, is that the battery? Okay. But they are united in purpose and they move as one man. I want to just share very, very quickly. I was saved at the age of four. I had to be saved at the age of four because I was an extremely naughty child. 
If I couldn't get my own way, I'd take cooking oil and pour it out over the kitchen floor. I was willful. I was naughty. It was beaten out of me. One, two. Where do I? Two. In 1990, my dad was a pastor, and um, he taught me what the kingdom was all about. There's an ALG pastor, my mother, she's the voice in my head. She is a mamba in the spirit, a powerhouse of prayer, and she preaches demons go. And that was the home that I grew up in. 1990, my dad went to be with the Lord suddenly. And in 1995, our lives imploded. And for 23 years, I walked carrying scars, too frightened to dream. Because every time I dream, it was ripped away from me. I don't want to go into all the details of it, but I began to long for the old days. I wanted to get back to the Nile, get back to Egypt, it's safe, it's secure eating leeks and garlic by the Nile, longing for the old days when the glory of God had been seen. Moved from Durban to Johannesburg. I lived in Hong Kong for 18 months working in a church there. And I built walls around myself for self-preservation. There are people here this morning. Pride set in. Fear overtook me, and God had to break the walls down. In 2012, we moved to Cape Town, and we were restored. began to lift our our eyes beyond the horizon. In 2018, I walked in here, and I thought, this is a good land. This is a beautiful place. This is everything God has promised to me. And everything I've missed for 23 years. Lions carry scars. But there's nothing more dangerous than a warrior restored. I'm going to wrap up very quickly. There are people here, you're living in cloaks of victimhood. There are women here that have been raped. There are men here that have been raped. People have been abused. You've walked as a victim. And God is coming this morning to replace it with a coat of many colors. He's coming to bring robes of righteousness. He's restoring to you the years that the enemy has stolen from you. Where he's been running in and out of your life like a playground. Knocking you over. Intimidating, lying, hurling insults at you. And God is breaking that. You could feel it during the worship already. God was beginning to break those things off of us. I want to hear chains break and land on the ground this morning. That these things are broken off of our lives. Every assignment of the enemy today is being eradicated by the blood of Jesus. Yeah. During the worship, we drew a line. There was a line that was drawn last Sunday, and there are angels that fight on our behalf. And the Lord fights on our behalf. He goes before us, and He says that I will be the fire that surrounds you, and I will be the glory within. He speaks that it is a promise of God over us as a church, and it's a promise of God over your life. 
There are men in this church, and I'm, I'm really, I'm really going to wrap up really quickly. But there are men in this church who have been taught to believe, and it's a lot of men, that cowboys don't cry. That's not doesn't apply to Roger Federer because he cries before. If he wins, if he loses, he cries. But God, but there is anxiety that you feel on a Monday morning. Men aren't supposed to feel anxious. Men are supposed to be the head of their home. Cowboys. But you go to work in the morning on a Monday and you're filled with anxiety. You don't tell your wife. You can't show it at work. While you're working at times you have a panic attack because you're just thinking, I'm not getting on top of this. And God is reversing that over you today. God is reversing fear. And he's putting in you a bold lion spirit that will not back down. I want to say that there's a, there's a particular man here. You love your wife. She runs the home. She makes you dinner. She runs the children. She runs the finances. She runs her career and she runs you down. And today God is wanting to restore your authority. Your authority is not based on wielding a stick in your home. But your authority is given to you by your submission to God's authority. And he's wanting to restore. And I, want, I know that there's a man here. And I want to ask you, I'm not telling you what to do, but I am asking you to speak to an elder. And I'm asking you to walk alongside a leader who can see your family through to full restoration. We cancel every assignment over your homes today. Cancel every assignment over your work. We cancel where the enemy said the work of your hands will avail nothing. We break that today in Jesus' name. We're rising up strong and victorious. And that man on a white horse is right before us. The king is in the room. The king is among us. The sound of the king is among us, church. And he's releasing fire out of his mouth. He's releasing fire. Let me tell you, fire burns. Refines. And it's hot. Let me tell you, in the, a few months, months ago, I went through that 40-day cycle. And I said, God, I call out these things over my life. Lord, I pray for acceleration. Lord, accelerate me. And I said, Lord, change me. That's a prayer he answers straight away. Yeah. <laughs> it's a frightening prayer. I'm not going to pray for a few years. Because as soon as I prayed that, he brought all the ugliness to the surface. And he said, that's what I need to remove. Walls of pride and fear smashing them. So that you walk into wholeness. Yeah. And so there is the refiner's fire. But there's the fire of God that brings his glory. And his glory is here today. It says in the scriptures in Song of Solomon that he pursues us with his love. The last thing is intimacy. He's digging deep foundations in us. He's entrusting much to us. He's taking us deeper. Glimpses of his glory. He's breaking walls down. He's taking us into wide open spaces where we can run, dream and love with him. He's drawing us close to his heart. Sharing dreams and visions with us. And awakening the warrior within us. Mm, Amen. Amen. 
Dear warrior, rise up. You are strong in the Lord. You are mighty in his power. In Christ, you are strong enough to resist the forces of darkness. And in him, you are strong enough to admit when you get it wrong. Get out there and fight against the sin that strips you of your spiritual strength. Tell the devil, don't mess with me. My heavenly father is with me. You can't have my marriage. You can't have my children. You can't have my finances, my future, or my faith. Never surrender. Never retreat. Don't abandon your post. You have someone to protect, a kingdom to advance, and a battle to win. Stand your ground with Christ. You are victorious. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus.